0: If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift a relationship or an emotional shift? Well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Shift. I feel like many of us could use a little extra spiritual nourishment right now. So, doing something just a little bit different today my guest and i are going to have a conversation about one of the most well-known prayers and digging into the various ways of interpreting its meaning and how it can actually be applied to our lives to help us right now i think we can all use all the extra help we can get in these rather disruptive times Um, We're also going to take a look at his new book called The Battles We All Face. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about him. My guest today is John Morris. He is the coach for The Creative Mind. He is an artist, an author, a speaker, and a teacher. He's a former youth minister, having worked in a variety of fields, including drug addiction and various mission activities. John is also the host of the Mind, Body, and Soul podcast, which aims to help people from all walks of life find balance and craziness, or balance, not find craziness, find balance in the craziness of day-to-day life. I'm sure he'll appreciate that correction. (laughs) John's unique way of thinking, teaching, and artwork has gone all over the world in his message of light, life, and love. Welcome to We're Talking Shift, John.
1: Hey there, Laurie. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, other than a few little uh, glitches there. All good. All good. Too much coffee. Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's getting ahead of me.
1: It's all good. It's all good. We get there in the end and that's what matters.
0: Yes. And I want to thank you because I know you're uh, you're in Scotland. So we have like a seven hour time difference. So I appreciate you kind of shifting your schedule around a bit to accommodate us here.
1: It's a pleasure. It's not a bother at all, and I'm excited to be on the show, and hopefully we're going to have a lot of fun and uh, talk about a subject, I think, that is, for some people, it holds very near and dear and true, and for other people, it's maybe uh, a lot of misconceptions that are, are around our topic today, so I'm really excited to, to yeah. uh, you know do the show with you.
0: Yeah, me too. Awesome, awesome. Before we dive into that, I would love to just touch for a couple of minutes on your amazing book, which I have... Uh, right here, The <laughs> Battles We All Face. It's really, it's a new release, right? It's only been out for a few months, correct? Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's just touch on that. Tell me, um, you know, give us an overview. What's the book about?
1: Okay, so the book is very simply about... Um, mindset messages more than anything else and it's getting people to think it's getting people to have an awareness of you know who they are and whether and maybe thinking about things that they've never thought about before you know whether you're struggling with anxiety or you're struggling with trauma or you're struggling with a situation that you don't know how to really get out of and if nothing else even if you read the book and you think well you know john you've got some beautiful artwork in there and i enjoy the lessons but it doesn't really do anything for me if nothing else the person knows that they're not alone and Mm. that somebody else is going through these things because so often, when we're going through these things, we can feel so alone and so cut off from the rest of the world, and it really, really helps, you mm-hmm. know, having someone else that's been through very similar experiences. So that's that's the yeah. book in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, and I think uh, even though people hear about, you know, the fact that other people are going through similar experiences, and they they know it logically, but still, sometimes the feeling overwhelms the logic and especially lately where people seriously are are much more isolated than they have had to ever Mm -hmm. be um you know as far as we know um i think that that really uh, it's it's a struggle it's a struggle um in larger ways than perhaps in the past so you can't stress that enough that you're not alone and to be able to share mm-hmm. your experiences with people so that they know, okay, if this, this person's been there, this person understands what I'm going yep. through and has walked the walk and they've come through it. And that's, I think, so important to go, all right, they've been there, but they came through it. And so it gives them hope that they can come through as well.
1: Well, the other thing is as well, you know, as, as part of uh, our coaching practice and, and the, the, the way that I write, I tend to take, you know, really complex uh, subjects and things that I have gone through myself and really condense them down to make it as simple as possible for people to read and understand and, you know, and, and looking at always improving on these things. How do we get the message of a clearer? How can we say what we need to say? In a sense, in as quickly as possible to make the maximum impact, so as a person can go away in that day, really think about what we've said, what's gone on, you know, as opposed to a you know a fifty-page mm-hmm. book uh, yeah. or a fifty-page chapter that just right. goes on and on and on. With this, it's really condensed. Each page is essentially a chapter, and it's got some of my artwork in there for each um, mm-hmm. chapter to help the reader uh, have an association to it, hopefully one way or another, something a little bit more positive that when they see it, they're able to say, oh, that reminds me of whatever the chapter is about. And then they remember the lessons from it. And it's a really, really good way to remember it. But it also now is available in ebook version, audiobook version, and also the paperback and signed paperback as well. And very, very soon it'll be up on Amazon as well. So it's all exciting.
0: Very exciting. Good for you. I think that's awesome. And I love how you say you kind of distilled some of these timeless messages down to something in like bite-sized pieces. I think that's really, really good. I did the same thing with my book for the Mm -hmm. same reasons because you just want people to be able to really grasp it and hold on to that to um, have real clarity around it and then know, okay, this is something that is so... um, It's so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they can really, they can really embrace it and then run with it. It's so much easier to apply some of those things to your life when they're boiled down to something very simple in a way that's applicable that you can relate to.
1: Well, that's the thing, because when someone's going through trauma and through difficulty and struggle, the last thing that they need, in my opinion, from my experience, is, you know, 36 pages on how to beat anxiety. They need to know how to beat anxiety there and then very quickly. You know, they need step-by-step stuff to, you know, put those messages and, and those practices in place, implement them. So as they, you know, have the tools, so it doesn't lead to something, you know, more. But when you're in the midst of it, it just helps having that thing very, very short, very quick that says, bang you know, and it's not yeah. a quick, you know, but it, it's sometimes what you need just to get you over that hurdle more than anything mm. else.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. I think it's awesome. And I am sure that it's gonna help a lot of people and how how awesome that you have this beautiful artwork, your artwork in I there as so, well. Yes. Um, so they have the, the visual cue, the visual mm-hmm. trigger as well. That's brilliant. All right, that's cool. So mindset, um, and that's really what this is all about. Again, it's mindset. It's what I like to call, this is about how to you know really shore up and nourish your mental diet. And um, and I think uh, this is a perfect segue into what we're gonna talk about um, because obviously mindset and, and what you believe will be your reality. I mean, that's perfect for this prayer, which is the Lord's Prayer. Who i mean it's probably the most um it's the most popular to the best of my knowledge it's the most popular christian prayer of all time i mean anybody that's ever attended church on any regular basis um there's a good chance you probably already have it memorized right uh it's it's been around mm, i guess since it left the lips of jesus <laughs> during the sermon on the mount correct
1: Pretty much, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's certainly one that's got a lot of history behind it, and uh, a lot of things are in this this Lord's Prayer that. Again, either people have forgotten or never knew and, and the different variations of the prayer as well and what that means, not only to the reader, but also to the message as well. So it's a really exciting prayer that, as you say, is, you know, mm-hmm. what, 1900 and however many years old. So yeah,
0: exciting. like, let's just say with around 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, my my view, my opinion is anything that has been around for like a thousand or 2000 years, it's, it's stands the test of time, there must be some validity to it. It must be doing somebody some good in some way or, you know, things that are useless don't stay around that long.
1: It's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, the latest fads, latest trends, they come and go all the time. But again, you know, Jesus and, and a lot of the holy characters are the ones that have really stood the, the test of time. So, like you yeah. say, it, it, it has made a, yeah, not just a, a small impact in a, in a tiny little village or a tiny little country, but globally. And, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, it, it's for, for better or worse, you know, it has changed a lot of people's lives. So,
0: there's yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be fun because you are going to have um, some great (laughs) input on the meaning and kind of, you know, how to, different ways people can digest this. Um, And I'm going to start out by saying that um, the perspective and the meaning of the Lord's Prayer that I want to share is based on the extensive uh, research and writings of one of my, one of my many favorite spiritual teachers and authors. Uh, Her name was Catherine Ponder. Um, She was an early church, uh, Unity Church minister And at one time, she was actually one of the world's leading prosperity writers and founder of Unity Church Worldwide. So she's got a little cred, you know. Have you heard of her? Are you familiar with her writings at all? Not
1: someone that's crossed my path, no, I have
0: to be honest. Well, Catherine says, and I'm going to quote her, in spite of its concise." ...ness, the Lord's Prayer contains one of the greatest series of success formulas ever offered mankind, and that it has been seldom understood from this standpoint. So from the perspective that she shares, which I love, I think it's very, I think that there are layers and I think depending on where you're at spiritually, consciously, you know, you will tap into one of those layers. It's kind of like the way the Bible is written so that wherever you're at, you'll glean something from it. And, and depending on what that level or degree is or readiness is, you know, you'll have, you'll take away different things. Right. And I think this prayer is one of those things. Um, and one of the things I think it's so amazing is that it's, it's really a success formula for creating a wealthy life. And that's one, this is one layer, I think of it. This is one aspect. So, and I think to, um, and I'm going to get your opinion on this in a minute, but I want to make sure that I define what is meant by a wealthy life. So wealth really means to fare well it doesn't apply specifically to how many bags of gold you have and how much money you have in the bank. That's not really the true broadest meaning of wealth, right? It means to farewell, which means, you know, it includes um, all of the good things that you desire to experience and have in your life, like health, like happiness, like prosperity and abundance, like peace and love, You know, all of those are, are, when you have those things in your life, you feel like a really wealthy person and you can have prosperity and abundance without necessarily having a gazillion dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. So, That's that's the context I want to make sure that this is understood in Uh, this successful formula uh, for creating a wealthy life. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about wealth. So what do you think about that?
1: I th- I would agree. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of layers certainly to the Lord's Prayer, and again, remembering it's part of the bigger picture of the Sermon on the Mount. It's it's not just one uh, tiny thing. And um, the version that Laurie and I are going to be looking at today is from Matthew's Gospel, and Matthew is the writer, and he was also a tax collector. He Basically, uh, science and uh, biology have kind of concluded that he could have very potentially been autistic, um, which would basically shape everything that he's looking at from his writings, to his dealings, to dealing with money, and very, very systematic in his approach. That's why Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, the two longest gospels in the in the Bible itself. But it's it's a really interesting book. And Laurie's taking the, you know, f- from a modern point of view. But to give you a little bit of the context and the history behind it, you have to remember the people Jesus was speaking to at the time. The people had essentially been beaten down. And, and essentially, they were told for years and years and years, the only way to communicate with God, to have any relationship with your source or the universe, whatever you want to call it, is through a priest, is through, you know, a a member of the religious order, you couldn't do anything else. And along comes Jesus, who had been prophesied, you know, for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And because people were looking for this warrior king, they completely missed Jesus. Because again, he came in rags, he came very simple, he came, you know, as, as a lowly servant, it did not fit the mold of what people were looking for. And Jesus essentially turned everything on its head. Like, if you see and understand the character of Jesus, not as some religious idol or religious figure but you understand jesus as a a rogue or a a pioneer of what he did you actually start to understand that my goodness he was really going on a limb because he was changing the way that things went he was changing people's mindsets no longer did they have to go to a priest or Mm -hmm. or you know one of the pharisees or sadducees all of a sudden they were able to communicate with god they were able to have an awareness of what was going on and like laurie said if you read it As as we're going to do and break it down, it is a success formula because when they're praying, lead us not into temptation, as we'll look at later on, there was a lot of things out there. And again, temptation around that time or deliver us from evil at that time was the difference between life and death. You didn't need to do a lot for people to, uh, or for, for the Roman government, for example, who had taken over the land. So basically want to uh, put you up in a tree or whip you or beat you or, or treat you in a horrendous way. Mm-hmm. So they're praying all, all the time now, you know, make us aware of what's going on. Open our mind to what's going on. Yeah. And that is what this prayer really, really is about. It's an awareness and it's something that is uh, to the point. I made that in my I, I, I brought that specific point up focused it's a really focused prayer and all the fluff and everything that's else that's around it and that people talk about and the sadducees and the pharisees were doing at the time this was completely the opposite they would love to to speak and talk and talk forever but this prayer was focused and it taught people that the whole sermon on the mount taught people a new way of living and what the kingdom of god really was
0: oh that's brilliant it's beautiful yeah and and to sum that up Jesus uh, this master teacher told them that they could cut out the middleman between yeah. them and their source, their mm-hmm. God. and they could have a direct line of communication. They didn't we, They didn't need to have an agent or a we, manager or somebody in the middle.
1: But then you can understand then why, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were getting really angry because it meant a loss of power for them. The exact right. same reason the Romans got angry about it because it meant and the Catholic Church, the God, you know, it, it meant a loss of power. for Right. Them.
0: Right. And people in power generally do not like to lose it. Right. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> Right.
1: Everything goes around. That's all right, it ever does. Right.
0: Right. We're, we're really amazing at advancing in so many ways, technologically <laughs> and, you know, being able to just do fantastic things. But there are a few things it just seems like that keep tripping us up, right? Oh my God. Okay. So let's, um, let's do, uh, let's just dive in and we'll start with the first line. Now, I think that uh, as, as we. As we study the the meaning of each line of the prayer more closely, then we begin to realize how powerful it is in in ways that cover both the inner and the outer needs of man. So that's why I think it's going to be fun to just take this sort of line by line. Now, part... Part one uh, would be the inner benefits of the prayer so I'm, I'm excited as we go into this to, to get your take <laughs> on it. So literally the first four lines of the prayer um, 24 words only it's it's a short prayer um, this version anyway so it's it's really referring to the prospering power of God's nature or if if let me just take a moment to say here, um, For people that are interested in this, but you have a little bit of resistance, if that for whatever reason in your experience, that word God triggers you, then I just simply invite you to swap it out for a word that you feel comfortable with, that you feel good about. It could be the universe. It could be source or source energy, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Just just use it in the way that works for you so that you don't miss out on the power of the message, right? All right. So um, so the first line is our Father which art in heaven all right now we're back again to words so Father <laughs> that's right off the bat. some people are going to have the same feeling about that um, but it's interesting if we just start out with this you know Jesus brings... Um, he begins by directing our attention to God as a loving father. So he, he positions it as father, son, or parent child. And, you know, what's nice about that for people that are open to just, you know, going with that, um, It it kind of fosters uh, a closer, more personal connection with God or source because we can all easily relate to a fatherly relationship. We can relate to that kind of connection. Whereas if we use the word God, sometimes Mm -hmm. it might feel more distant, more separate. Now, for people that had a terrible father, that had a horrible experience with their father, that's not going to work for them, which I get. So use universe or spirit or creator or energy, use a word that fits for you. What do you think?
1: I, I would agree. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's exactly, that was one of my points, you know, that people, mm-hmm. again, will have either a positive or a negative uh, association to that word father. Um, it is, it's, it's the whole thing, more importantly, about having, again, looking back at the time that it was written, it, it's the, in, in the, the male society that it was of that time, Right. It was taking the message. And again, you got to remember the society that was there. It's very important, very important that context is observed, obviously, when we're talking about this. Because, you know, Jesus is taught, as I said, Sermon on the Mount, you know, there's a lot of people around. And teaching things in a way that they'd never heard before. And all of a sudden, this God that had been away from them that they couldn't talk to, that they couldn't have any communication at all with, all of a sudden now is being as brought as close as a heartbeat. The Bible says, you know, help me to be as, as close to you as a heartbeat. Listen to everything that's like, that's pretty close. You know, and when you start breaking down that barrier, for some people, that's too close. I mean, for the kids that I worked with, some of them were like, oh, this is great. Others were like, no, that that's too familiar. And it's mm-hmm. each person's relationship and their associations to that. And and in some ways, like Laurie was saying, you know, it's important to, you know, whatever word you choose for it, whatever way you're comfortable, mm-hmm. that's what God wants. Ultimately, I believe is it's not about a name. And I've said this a lot and I'm probably getting in trouble for it, but it's not about a name. It's mm-hmm. about the relationship that yes. you have with God, universe, source, creator, Jehovah, whatever you want to call it, great right. spirit, you know. It is about that relationship, but at the time that this was written, it was a male-dominated society, more importantly, and Jesus was saying to everybody, you're all welcome to come and have this relationship with God. You know, God, our Father in heaven, the creator of all things, above all, in all, outside of time and perfectly present, the source of spirit. You know, mm-hmm. and dad all of a sudden is breaking it down and it's just like, wow. And then he talks about the heavens and the earth and so much more that's mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. it's, it's that ultimate connection because they've been longing for this connection for so long. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, part of it now is people are like, well, we've got this connection, but, you know, well, we don't we don't really mind anymore. But you've got to remember 2000 years ago with all that had gone on, all that had been promised, all the stuff that had been taught this was a big big thing that all of a sudden these prophecies were being fulfilled and are still being fulfilled so right, those, those yeah. are my initial thoughts
0: yeah no I think that's awesome and the uh, especially driving home the point about connection which is another which is another great reason that the master teacher I think also used that sort of parent-child yeah. um, relationship because if we if we all, believe, or if you can be willing to consider that we're all, call it ch- children of God or a product of one source, um, then that automatically makes us all kind of brothers and sisters. It You know, mm-hmm. right? It, it connects us all rather than separates us all. If we Absolutely. all realize- yeah, from the, same, from the same source, whatever that the name of that source be, mm-hmm. the well, source of life, you could well, say. For the,
1: for the original text, it would have been Abba, Abba Father. It wouldn't have been Abba because it didn't have the word father in this time. It would have been Abba. And that, again, creates a whole different connotation mm-hmm. about the words. So a little, little bit of history.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it, it's so fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about the, uh, the rest of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that was just the first, like, literally two words. <laughs> Our so the collective, right, and and the source. Um, that right there is just to me such an eye opener for if you haven't really sat down and thought about what this prayer means. Um, all right, so then it goes, "Which art in heaven?" Um, so let's talk about heaven, um, right? The, I mean, the the Greek meaning heaven is derived from the Greek, meaning like expansion. Mm-hmm. So it also means the sky, the heavens, and in Greek, it also means God. So we have, um, we have this like just the word to me, expansion, right there. It, it, it sets it up differently in my mind. It sets it up as this, um, a sense of unlimitedness. Tell me what you think about it.
1: I think, I mean, I think a number of things when I think about the the whole thing of heaven, you know, being an artist, the, the mind, you know, just just goes on. But just some of the, the I suppose, things to, to observe. And, I, and again, I just want to put this out there. It, it's actually both a noun and literally and the, the context for the noun is this a place regarded in various religions as the abode of god and the angels
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and
1: of all the good after mm-hmm. death and traditionally depicted of being above the sky out of time but the crazy thing is that we're also taught that heaven again that whole prayer as we'll talk about later on on earth as it is in heaven you know that that's mm-hmm. the will and so things. So. like but heaven being this amazing place and the the literary Uh, was derived from from Galileo actually um, who had a telescope and Galileo's desire was to observe the heavens and you can imagine obviously as we do now on a really dark night with no lights out and about and you look up into the heavens and obviously Laurie you guys will have this for certain no light pollution and look up into the heavens and in the sky wow And obviously, we know a little bit more now with with space and everything that they didn't know at that time as much. And it's just amazing just to watch that and to observe that. And if that's what Earth is like and space is like, then heaven must be so much bigger and so much more amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's having that connection of our Father in heaven, you know, who is... In, in a lot of ways is outside of our realm, all knowing, all being, but also very much in our realm, all present, mm-hmm. all knowing, mm-hmm. all powerful, just, just incredible. It's, it's an yeah. amazing, it's a powerful, yeah. powerful word.
0: Yeah. And so from um, uh, the take of Catherine Ponder, uh, she, she points out that heaven is often a, a place, you know, depicted uh, um, like as like a a place brimming with with gold and precious jewels and, you know, the pearly gates. Um, yeah. you know, but that symbolic of a place that wants for nothing. Mm-hmm. so so when Jesus um affirmed our Father, which art in heaven in heaven, he was emphasizing that God's abundance yeah. is found in heavenly, prosperous states of mm-hmm. mind. So by thinking of, God, as a rich, loving father, you bring yourself into a heavenly realm of expanded thinking. So, again, it goes back to what we, um, what in her uh, take talks about the inner benefits. I think that's fascinating.
1: It is. And it's, you know, just thinking there, Laurie, that, you know, it's, it's our father in heaven in a place, he dwells in a place where no good thing is lacking. Everything is provided for, and therefore he provides abundantly. Mm-hmm. And whether you call it the universe and you call it, I know, and we'll talk about this later on, and the, the importance of having, um, you know, provisions and what that means mm-hmm. and what that meant for the, the people in the ancient world was phenomenal. It was literally difference between life and death. So this prayer for them was like, wow, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. really powerful at this point in time, and and, and hopefully you, you'll you'll discover why as, as as we go through this journey. Yeah. It's, it's incredible.
0: Exactly. Okay. So the next line is "Hallowed be Thy name." Now, all right. So yeah. "hallowed" uh, was used by Jesus to explain mm-hmm. why he claimed. God as the rich source of supply, right? The word hallowed actually means whole and perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also means reverence and holy and sacred. So um, according to Catherine Ponder's Mm -hmm. take on this, Jesus understood that God is perfect, unchanging, whole, and like the sum total of all good.
1: I, I would yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. and and you know the the, the whole thing about Hallowed be your name, you know, the the reverence that's there, the name above all names that's sacred, that requests and respect and love because in return, it gives love and energy and, and transferring focus from ourselves. This is one of the notes that I made, transferring focus from ourselves and all of our problems that are there and then transferring it you know, onto God. And it, it sometimes gets our mind and focus just realigned a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. tapping in with sources, we've talked about a number of times that, you know, it, it's one thing to deal with an issue by yourself. It's another thing to deal with it, with God, with source, with the universe, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that there are a number of times in my own life where I've said, you know, I wouldn't be able to deal with these things. And I've had a number of, uh, you know, examples and occasions in my own life that have only been resolved through divine intervention. And it's amazing when you see that some people of the audience may sit there and say, well, I've never had that. That doesn't mean that it isn't happening and isn't going to happen. And it may be that it's happened without your knowing. Some things just naturally resolve themselves, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's so uh, to your point, just because you haven't been aware of it doesn't mean it hasn't or isn't occurring. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of that is right your perspective, your awareness, uh, you you know, your level of consciousness. So, uh, there are many things that can come into play there. Um, But I think uh, that line is cool. I feel like it's uh, yet another um, affirmation. Uh, yeah. He was affirming that God is whole and perfect and good. Hallowed equals whole and God equals unlimited. So it's like expanded, unlimited, perfect, good. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. That feels really <laughs> good. That feels really good. To focus on that feels really, really good. And you know how you feel uh, is a direct um, cause of you know, how you're going to experience what's happening in your life. So it's important to feel good about, you know, something like that, it's about anything.
1: It is, absolutely. And again, it's, it's the importance not only of feeling good, but experiencing it. And, you know, so many things that come out of this is... It's just amazing, you know, g- genuinely yeah. when you recognize, you know, it's, it's a name above all names and, you know, when people understand what it means to, you know, keep the reverence, keep the observation, keep the awareness, you know, it, it's a big, big thing that you're recognizing that this is something so much bigger or someone so much bigger than what you are. And I I have a phrase in my business practice, which is, I do everything that I can do. And then I trust that God, the universe, the source, whatever you want to call it, is going to do what he can do. And that has led to some amazing, amazing things um, that's happened in my own life and obviously in other people's lives as well. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I've had that exact same experience more times than I could possibly recount (laughs) for sure. Um, It's just like, it's just It's kind of interesting because to use the word source, which is one of my favorite words um, to refer to God, the universe, whatever. I like source. Um, And here's what's cool about that. Source is literally our greatest resource. Mm -hmm. So to be able to use source as your resource, as something that you tap into for, for, whatever it is you need. And I don't mean like, oh, I, you know, I need to make rent by Friday. I mean, that's one aspect, but I mean, I mean the strength that you need, the wisdom that you need, the courage that you need, the whatever it is that you need to get up and do what you need to do every day or, you know, move forward toward your goals every day, Mm -hmm. whatever those things are, whatever it is you're trying to create with your life to have that resource to tap into directly is such, um, an amazing gift that we all have. And to be able to lean into that, especially when you feel like things are getting a little tough and your knees are wobbling a bit, to be able to have that to lean into is so powerful
1: it is and it really is and you know I've gone through several phases in my life you know and and there's sometimes when you take it uh, this prayer for example and the the understanding the teaching from more of a religious uh, faith-based perspective other times when you take it from other perspectives Mm -hmm. and each one has always got something new to share and I know that there are times as as many people I'm sure that are watching this will have said the same thing it's like oh god I don't know how I'm going to get through today but please give me the strength to get through today well Jesus said you know that i am giving you my spirit it's a spirit of god that's inside us and dwelling within us as laurie was talking or laurie and i were talking a couple of weeks ago about this you know it's the spirit of god dwelling within us so when you're saying god please help me through this that spirit within you is being activated and is Mm -hmm. acting and things are happening all of a sudden you know you're like i made it through another day i got you know i got what i needed to do done you know, amazing things start to happen when you start to tap into something much bigger than yourself, as opposed to trying to do it all yourself. And I know that's a big thing in this day and age Mm -hmm. to be so self-sufficient, but unfortunately I think people lose the awareness and it becomes a pride thing. When you say, hallowed be your name, it's, it's not a case of saying, oh, you know, I'm so tiny and pathetic and puny. It's actually having an awareness. There is a creator. There is someone out there, you know, that's bigger than yourself that is willing and on your side, for lack of a better term, you know, that is willing to help you, to guide you, to lead you, to help you prosper in whatever it is that you're looking at doing in life, whether or not it be doing a painting or whether or not be, you know, changing stuff around the house. You know, it's important that we are aware that we we don't have to do it all ourselves. And that's the mindset for a lot of people is, you know, I, I just got to keep going and got to keep going. And they get frustrated because it doesn't work out the way they want. But when mm-hmm. you start tapping in with this God power and this source power,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know your resource, your greatest resource, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, where did these million and one ideas flow from?
0: Right. You know, it's yeah. all around us. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 spirit, the action of life of God is is available to you if you just open the door and let it in. Yeah. You can do it all yourself, <laughs> you know, but if there's an easier way, <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, thank you. I'll take I'll take a little help and guidance from divine intelligence. I mean, why not?
1: Absolutely. He's been uh, around a while, so it makes sense.
0: Right, exactly. All right, thy kingdom come. So, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to let you start off with that and then I'll chime in. What are your okay. thoughts on that?
1: Okay, so thy kingdom come uh, for many people, many generations. The men and women around you know, th- this area that have, have lived, that have died, are hoping, are holding out for a kingdom, a kingdom of God, that you know, God essentially dwelt into and would be open to everybody, would be open to all who believed. His promise was to give hope and a future, which this portion of prayer f- fulfills. Um, the world at this time and in, in some ways the world in which we inhabit you know was oppressed and was controlled and governed by slavery this belief that a kingdom of god and god was going to save send a savior that would lead people out of oppression and actually would you know make things right this is what they're praying for and all of a sudden jesus has come and saying, you know your kingdom come thy kingdom come whatever phrase you want to use and whatever translation of scripture you want it's saying, look, this is on, it's weird, this is happening. Mm. It's here right now. This is going on. What you've been praying for, what you've been watching for, mm-hmm. and what you've had in your mind is now coming.
0: Yeah. And
1: the people of this time in the ancient world, their jaws must have just dropped. Right. Because they were like, my goodness, finally, finally, this thing. We've been oppressed. We've had the pharaohs. We've been beaten. We've been, you know, we, We've got all this oppression, all these governors. And all of a sudden, the Jewish people are being told, it's coming. It's happening. I'm here. It's on its way. And it's like, wow, this is incredible. This is such good news. And that's why the Bible is also new, known as the good news, the book of good news, because all of a sudden in their minds, they're thinking that Jesus wasn't particularly good with timelines in terms of, you know, it's here, it's going along, it's happening, you know,
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and it's that whole thing of, wow. Wow. This is happening. This is going on to us. And that very day, this, you know, again, it, it says, you know, that Jesus added to his followers thousands and thousands of people. By the end of scripture, probably, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of people across the world, across what was um the olden age Spain when Paul was going out and doing something. It, this was the catalyst in some ways that changed a lot of people's views. And, and again, you've got to imagine it's like hearing it for the first time. Their mind is blown. I said, like, mm-hmm. "Wow, thy kingdom come—it's coming. This is what we've been praying for, and mm-hmm. this is the prayer you know that people keep asking. You know, we want Jesus' kingdom, we want God's kingdom, where everything's made right, everything's made perfect, no oppression—to be coming to us." Laurie, what do you think about it?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you um, the perspective from the from the um, from Catherine Ponder, uh, mm-hmm. as far as looking at this also from the standpoint of. An affirmation and a Mm -hmm. success formula. So if the kingdom is of God and God is all good, then affirming, because that's what you're saying, you're not asking for anything, you're making an affirmation here, thy kingdom come, that's a very definite, powerful statement. Mm -hmm. So when you're affirming thy kingdom come, it's a statement that the realm of God be brought. Or restored. Um, so we're not necessarily declaring that something be brought upon us externally, mm-hmm. but that something be released within us. So the first experience that we may ha- that we have or may have is internal. It's in our thoughts, in our feelings. It's again, it's in our inner world. Um, and I think that we, you know, we may also experience changes in the outer world because by asking for God's kingdom of good to come into our life, we're also then asking for God to clear, to clear out everything in our lives that's not for our highest good.
1: I would agree. I would agree absolutely with that. You know, yeah and that's that's you know an additional <laughs> but that is a fantastic thing again yeah. like you say if everything's abounding in heaven then asking for that to be here on earth absolutely it's wonderful.
0: right and it but it, ha- it can't be it can't start out there it's gotta mm-hmm. it starts what with you us you want to experience in your outer world must begin yeah. in your inner world and so i think that that's a really cool way of of interpreting that line. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, last, if we we want God's kingdom, if we want all of this realization and restoring of all that is good in our lives, in our world, then we, if we want that in our lives, we really must be equally willing to desire that it come into the lives of others. And I think that that's something that is kind of like, okay, that's, the caveat is, You know, don't, don't just be like, it's all about me and my world because everything's connected and we're all connected. And so you really are, you really are trying to bring good and prosperity wealth of all forms into your life, but we're all, we're not, we're not islands unto ourselves. So. Desiring that to come into the lives of others, obviously is a beautiful thing to want that for others, but it also then goes about helping you yourself as well.
1: Absolutely. It, it kind of freezes up and um, there was a, a, a teaching that was listened to a while back, you know, that said when someone else is blessed, You know, a lot of people's first reaction is, well, why isn't it me? But the correct reaction should be, wow, they were blessed, amazing, wonderful. Now, what that does, that stops you, you know, when you're you're happy that someone else has been blessed, that stops you from getting angry and uptight and blocking your own blessing from coming, if that makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's really, really important to, you know, be selfless, you know, and, and develop in your own mind that, you know, Bill down the street got blessed, wonderful. You know, an old Mary across the road got blessed, wonderful. Your blessing is coming. But again, it all responds on how we think and how we respond to the situations that mm-hmm. determine, to a degree, the amount of mm-hmm. time that we're waiting for these things. You can be blessed with someone else's blessing.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's such a great point, too, because, like you said, if you if your neighbor or your relative, your friend, anybody else, whoever else, if you are resentful over the good things that seem to be coming into their lives. First of all, envy doesn't look good on anyone. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's, it's not an attractive quality envy and jealousy and resentment for somebody else's good. And you're right. I think energetically you absolutely block those good things that you want from coming to you because you are all in just a negative vibrational state. And, you know, and I think that's a really good thing to point out. This is, you know, we can look at this as this wonderful affirmation and this wonderful success formula, which I think 100% it is. Um, But this is also, to me, this is about energy, because I think that God, source, blah, blah, it is it's energy. So we all have felt those energetic currents Uh, When we walk into a room, when we're with a group of people, when we're with just one person, we all have an energy about us. And so if you are somebody that is carrying around the energy of resentment and envy Mm -hmm. and anger that someone else has something you don't have or is experiencing a life that you're not experiencing, um, that's the energy you're putting out. And you can't attract the things that you want when you're putting out an opposite energy that you know, it's going to be polarizing.
1: Yeah. And the, the whole thing, I suppose, just, just to wrap that section is, you know, we reap what we sow more than what we sow later than what we sow. And if that's what you're putting out into the world, then don't be surprised when that's what, you know, people talk about the boomerang effect. That's often mm-hmm. what comes back, you know, and then people are like, oh, well, I can't understand why that would happen. Well, examine your behavior a little bit more and all of a sudden, you know, it, it all becomes clear.
0: Right, right. What, what you are powerfully focused on and putting emotion behind, is exactly what you create. Yeah. It's not, it's not a complicated formula. <laughs> it, might be, it might be difficult to get into the practice of using it the right way or the most beneficial way, but it certainly isn't complicated. So I think, you know, it's designed so that anybody, at <laughs> any level of mentality, could put this to use for them if they so desired.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's
0: not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thy will be done. Now, this is the last sentence in that first section, which is all about uh, the inner needs. So, thy will be done. Some, sometimes it says in earth as it mm-hmm. is in heaven, and sometimes it's on earth as it yep. is in heaven. So, d- you know, depending on, on which, what you read and, and which way you, you recite it. One of those ways so so thy will be done in slash on earth as it is in heaven, um, the good things in life are god's will for you i um Earth, in the metaphysical sense, symbolizes visible results it's matter and and heaven symbolizes the invisible states of mind, mm-hmm. so we're saying you know. Let let it show up here in our tangible experience what we imagine, you know, heaven to be like in the state of mind. So we cultivate the state of mind. Back to what we were really just saying, you cultivate the state of mind so that it shows up in the realm of matter.
1: I, I would agree uh, with that, and and you know, furthering that and looking from a slightly different perspective, you know, there are times where you know, we're going through life and and an average person would be going through life and I've certainly done this. And we're so focused on what's going on. There's so many things that are craving for our attention that we can't see everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we've got a phrase over here. I don't know if you guys have got the phrase in in the States called making a pig's ear of things. It basically means that we're making a mess sometimes of things that, you know, and again, because we're so close into these things, that we can't see the forest for the trees tapping in with God and saying, you know, Lord, your will be done here. Meaning, again, if God is spirit and God is all knowing God is, you know, transcendent in everything that's gone on from the start of history to where we are now, then Mm -hmm. he's got a lot of wisdom to share. And his perspective may be when you say that I will be done, it may be, well, have you thought about this in this way? Have you thought about this in that way? Tapping into that energy and source and essentially is letting go of a lot of these things that we hold on to. We hold on to them nice and tightly, don't we? Because we want to protect them. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start letting go and letting them flow, which is something that I've learned a lot this year, all of a sudden, It all starts making sense. It all starts happening. Things are designed to flow to us or through us as opposed to trying to hold on to them. And the amazing thing about, you know, all through history, if you break it down and it's history is a wonderful word, his story, God is writing Mm -hmm. his story. The universe is writing its story with us. We are participants. We're characters in this. And all of us and Lori's making these notes. I know that was a good point. I like that one. I love it, but it's it's true. And all of a sudden, when when God and you are partnering up and you're doing these things, yeah. God's will for you is to be successful. You know, and again, you hear from that from a lot of prosperity preachers. But it's true. God's will is the best for you, for your story, for your life, to leave a legacy that makes the world better mm-hmm. than when you first arrived. And all of a sudden it's amazing when you let go and let these things start to happen observe the situations rather than holding on to them mm-hmm. amazing things happen and then god gives you a lot of the time or the universe gives you the things that he wants you to you know enjoy a little bit longer and enjoy a little bit you know more uh, observantly as as it were but it's it's making sure that you're aware your will be done and having that courage to say I don't know everything right now at this point in time I'm willing to learn but you do and you can bring wisdom into my mind and thoughts into my mind that I have not even thought of and when that starts to happen that ignites passion that ignites energy and fuel and before you know it you are off Mm -hmm. on a rocket ship that is more amazing than anything you ever thought it could be I can, mm-hmm. I can pull my hands up to that.
0: <laughs> I can too. I absolutely can. I love everything you just said. And I love the, because I love playing with words like that and breaking them down. And so, yeah, his story, that's when I hadn't, that hadn't crossed my radar yet. So I, yeah, you saw me scribbling my note. That's super cool. Um, I love everything you just said. And yeah, it seems like, again, from the affirmation uh, standpoint, then um, it's logical. If, if God's will or divine intelligence our creator is good things for us is and i think in our hearts we all know that because we are all naturally striving for Mm -hmm. our version of what's good in our lives right so if we believe that then it's logical to affirm thy will which is all the good that the creator uh, desires for us it be done. So it's so that's the affirmative part. Thy will be done. It's not a question. It's not a plea. It's an it's a very definite statement. It's a very definite affirmation. Um, and so then we're declaring that all of the good uh, we are manifesting in our thoughts and state of mind be made manifest in our earthly experience. So the master teacher was asking for definite results to appear when he affirmed thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very strong statement. So I I, I mean, I think that the practice here is training our, our thoughts to keep us in this heavenly prosperous state of mind and we affirm the development of the tangible results. We want heavenly results to appear yeah. in our earthly conditions. Mm-hmm. We're asking for expanded, heavenly, good, not just mere improvement.
1: I, I would completely agree. And, and again, that was the, the little paragraph that I wrote at the end of on earth as in heaven. Again, you know, the desire for the same love, the same kindness, the same joy, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, self-control that abounds in heaven to abound here on earth and to be awake and to be aware when Jesus is saying this for them to look around and say, you know what, it's actually here. It's happening now. It's happening to us if we tap into this. And all of a sudden that, that breaks things down a lot. And it's like, wow, you know, you can literally change your world in a, in a heartbeat when Mm -hmm. someone gives you the right information in the right way. And when that happens, your entire world because again, you, you can't shrink your mind back down once it's been expanded. Once your mind's been expanded, it's there. It's happening. Yeah. New ideas are forming all the time, and all of a sudden, it's like this is this is incredible.
0: Right, right. Once you know, you can't not know. Right. That's it. Yeah, you can choose to not use the knowledge gained. I, you know, which I think <laughs> happens a lot. The, you know, the, we all have been in in places in our lives where we've learned something that was probably a good thing to learn, but then maybe we weren't ready quite, quite at that yeah. point in our lives to actually put it to good use. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, once you know, you can't really not know, you can just choose to either use it to your benefit or, or not. Um, okay, so the, the second part of, mm-hmm. of the prayer Uh, the outer benefits is how Catherine ponder positions part two. Mm Uh, so the, these last 30 words are in regards to man's outer needs. And that would be needs like our need for guidance, Mm -hmm. our need for protection, our need for prosperity, our need for forgiveness. So the first line of this part two is give us this day, our daily bread. Now, bread, this will be fun for us to talk about, bread metaphysically, um, that word refers to the rich substance of the universe. It doesn't actually mean a loaf of bread, although it could for some people, depending on where you're at and what you're doing, but it's much broader and deeper than that. It's referring to all of the substance of the universe. It's, It's, I guess, um, Catherine, said, I didn't find this myself, so I can't take credit. Uh, <laughs> I have to give it to her. Maybe you already know this, but um, it's the Greek trans, one of the Greek translations of bread is more than enough. Mm-hmm. So bread is symbolic then of the the substance uh, that we require to take care of our daily needs. The word metaphysically refers to the things that we think exist, but maybe can't see yet. So it, it really relates to um, a reality that's beyond our perceptible senses, we're, what's perceptible to our senses. So when we say, give us this day our daily bread, uh, we're saying supply us with, with more than what we need from the unlimited wealth of the universe that which we think exists, but cannot see. What say he?
1: <laughs> what say he? I, I see it as an interesting perspective, Go, going a little bit into the history, um, And and from from a theological point of view, the bread, I believe, was a reminder of the manna which God provided for them during the Exodus, Mm -hmm. um, basically the time in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is, again, give us our daily bread. Now, again, like Laurie said, you know, it's it's giving us our needs, meeting our needs and not our greeds, because it's it's very important to to get that. Mm -hmm. But one of the things here that I want to, to really just pull out, and this is really important, This is literally a reminder to ask for God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, blessing. And the reason being is the people in the ancient world, as in in today's society, needed to remember that they really did need God's blessing on everything for good weather. Now, bear in mind, these are a lot of the farmer, the fishermen, they're they're people that work with their hands. These are not, you know, sitting here 2021, you know, on on internet. That didn't exist, you know. Mm They were praying for the good weather to be plentiful for the harvest, because if there was enough rain, then, you know, the, 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 the seeds would be watered and they would stop them from dehydrating. If there was enough sunshine, it would give them the energy for the crops to grow strong. Mm -hmm. too much of either would spell a really bad harvest and a bad Mm -hmm. harvest could literally wipe out a civilization. You've also to remember at this time, the people were governed by Rome. This was a really oppressive time and Rome and the, the emperors and everything that was there had slapped heavy taxes on people but also had seized massive portions of the land and said, you know, we're gonna take this for Rome. So it meant that if their land failed, so for example, if you've got, you know, 50 square feet, and I'm just, you know, maybe, you know, however many square feet, if you want, if 15 square feet are taken up by room, then you've only got five square feet. And if all of the land fails and that five square feet that you had with crops and with all the other stuff that was yeah. there has now gone. You can't feed your family. You can't pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. And if you can't pay your taxes, they would literally seize and take your children. They would take your wife in some cases. They would take anything that they could, your animals, mm-hmm. so as their debt could be paid. Now, they did horrific things with them. But What we're seeing here is the realization that in order to manifest what they needed, they had to tap into God's power and God's ability to be able to provide for them, because otherwise this was not going to work. And when you start to have that partnership with God and again, you know, asking for our daily needs to be met, but something much bigger, you know. This is a really big thing because they knew that every single year without fail, the Roman officials would be coming. They wanted their taxes. If you couldn't pay them. Well, like I say, you know, things were taken away. Things were happening. Right. So that was their prayer over yeah. and over again. Meet our daily needs, you know, provide for us. You know, mm-hmm. we, we think, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of cases that we've got famine now, you know, and and around the world. That hasn't changed. But you imagine what it was like back then having right. famine plus part of your land taken. So there was a lot of things that were going on. So it was a really, really powerful, powerful, powerful prayer.
0: hmm Yeah, super powerful prayer. Um and I think in your right, you know, depending on your present state of living, um, you know, from across the globe, it runs the gamut from yeah. the poorest of the poor to, you know, the 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 wealthiest of the of the wealthy. Their, their needs are more than being met, right? Um, here here in America uh if you are if you have the ability to watch or listen to this podcast, I think your basic needs are pretty much being met yeah. um you know, which which is awesome. but I think um also using that because you want to experience more of something, especially if it's more that allows you to grow and then become in some way of service to others, helping your fellow man. Um, so you can still use this is still powerful because you're asking for supply me with with what I need right now in order to grow and evolve even more, yeah. to help humanity grow and evolve even more, to help those that still need, you know, more of a hand up at a different level. So it's still it's applicable no matter yeah. what station in life you are at. Mm-hmm. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. It is. It is. And again, whether it's, you know, 2000 years ago, whether it's now, you know, like Laurie says, you know, it's it's very applicable and it's very... Uh, I think it's very much of an awareness thing as well, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it, it, it doesn't hurt, you know, to, to ask for those things and to, to ask, you know, for help. And when you're asking God and saying, you know, help me build the website today, help me, you know, do well in this meeting, help me not fumble my words in a podcast, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's an amazing thing. Then when you get to the end of it and you'd be thankful for it, that's something to be thankful for. And then you can go on with your day and see what else unfolds.
0: Right. Beautifully said. Next line, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors or sometimes it's um, trespasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending on what version you're reading. Um, how do you, do you look at those as the same meaning for the most part? I mean, I think, I think when we look at the bigger picture and the metaphysical meaning of this, um, you can view it the same, but the words I think for a lot of people have a different meaning. What, what do you think about it?
1: To, to be in debt to someone means owing them mm-hmm. to sin against someone means a wrongdoing so again that whole thing as i said right at the beginning once you change the words you change the entire meaning mm-hmm. and you know it's it, again being aware we forgive our debtors we forgive someone who essentially we are beholding over now, that's a very powerful thing as opposed to someone that's hurt us someone that's you know mm-hmm. maybe broken our trust or whatever it might be um that's kind of the 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 separation throughout history that people have had and that's that's one that i have you know Mm -hmm. to me you know i i made a a whole list here you know forgive us our sins trespasses wrongdoings bad choices basically you know that the times that we have you know known maybe what we should do and we haven't done it or Mm -hmm. the times that we have thought well you know this maybe isn't a good idea and gone ahead and done it anyway Mm -hmm. you know it's, it's a being aware, and again, going back to awareness of our actions, what we do, um, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I would sit with regards to, you know, that that line in particular.
0: Right, right. So whichever, whichever word you choose, mm-hmm. you know, or you learned... Um, the, the bigger point is the forgiveness aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, um, again, this is part of our outer needs because it affects us beyond our our mental and emotional states. Yeah. Um, lack of forgiveness, which is holding on to grudges and grievances, um, letting resentments build, um, it blocks our good like we talked about earlier it blocks our good wealth from flowing freely to us and if we if we truly believe in a loving forgiving universe if we truly believe that it is for us um then it seems like everyone probably has already been forgiven in all ways by source yeah. So, right? So, we only hurt ourselves when we hold on to grievances. And and so we ask for this daily or we ask daily, I should say, for forgiveness as a reminder to let go of our grievances, yeah. uh, you know, which then opens up the way to receive more abundance and prosperity and loving relationships and harmony and peace in our lives.
1: I think as well, you know, you know, the just Following that, on your know, people throughout history have had a real issue with forgiving themselves, and mm-hmm. forgiveness seems to be more powerful when it comes from an external source. And I love what you said, you know, about the first half of the prayer being the internal and the second half being the external. That's something that doesn't get taught a whole lot, but mm-hmm. it's something again powerful to observe. Um, that was a complete sideline there, <laughs> but you know, it seems to be more powerful when it comes from the external source. And when the mm-hmm. external source is willing to forgive, it gives the person you know permission to forgive themselves. You know, the problem with many people for, from this part of the earth is, is they took it so literally that they actually became martyrs and people literally drove themselves insane. Mm-hmm. And there are saints and, and all sorts of things throughout the history. Um, that literally became martyrs, they drove themselves insane about some un, you know, untold sin, you know, what about if I get to heaven, and, and, and literally went round and round and round in their head, when it's, it's a very simple case in my personal belief of God, for example, in my case, you know, it's mm-hmm. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you know, I know that I made an error here, you know, and I want to be forgiven. I want to move on. Well, Jesus, again, if you're going from the the Christian perspective, Jesus died on the cross, you know, and rose again, so as we would be made right with God in relationship with God. And the whole thing is you are forgiven then, now, the future, you know, you are forgiven full stop. And it's oftentimes remembering that and saying to yourself, you know, I've been forgiven by God, almighty God, all being, I can forgive myself then surely. And then it's a simple thing of, I made a bad error, I made a, I made a bad choice, whatever it might be. You know, you can't do anything about it. Guilt, you cannot change anything. Guilt just takes, takes, takes. But when you get to the point in your life where you say, you know what, I made a bad choice, I made an error, I've learned from it, I've observed the lesson, and now I'm moving on with my life. Then yeah. you've learned wisdom, you've learned knowledge, you've learned understanding, and you've grown as a human being. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe that this part of the prayer was was meant that we have an awareness of ourselves and our behavior And Jesus is essentially trying to teach a mindset of what you do down to the tiniest, tiniest little thing really does matter. And, you know, a lot of people at this time were basically going and pleasing themselves and doing whatever they wanted. And then Jesus turns it on his head and then has to say, you know, be forgiving of these people because they don't know what they're necessarily doing. They haven't been told what you've been told. And, you know, as it's said in the cross, they, they know not what they've done. And when you break it down like that, you can be more compassionate with people. You can be more understanding and empathetic of people because Mm -hmm. maybe they don't understand, you know, from your perspective. And that's, again, that's another really powerful thing to have that awareness of our behavior and of their behavior. Mm -hmm. It's up to them how they, you know, deal with themselves, but it's up to us how we respond.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. It really is. Um, forgiveness in, in all of its aspects, particularly to those that you feel have harmed you, yeah. is really the highest form of love.
1: It, it is. Mean, it, it, it is. It's really and no,
0: no strings attached.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it's not only the highest form of love, but it's also the highest... Um, What's the one I'm looking for? The highest example of enlightenment. When you can forgive someone else, that's divine, especially when the hurt is deep.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Okay. Next one. And leave us not in temptation, or sometimes it said, and lead us not. I like leave us not cuz I I I don't feel like we're ever led there but we could certainly lead ourselves <laughs> there. So please don't leave me here. <laughs> so leave us not in temptation but deliver us from evil. Okay. So I guess, you know, this refers to being maybe tested. I mean, and, and deliver us from evil means deliver us through or move us out and past the experience, the test. So when we find ourselves in periods of testing, whether it's somehow we just landed there by other conditions or we somehow got ourselves, which is likely the case, you know, choices we made, we've landed ourselves in a test <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, but when we find ourselves in those periods, um, we're asking, to the point you just made a minute ago, that the lesson be revealed to us. um, We search for the meaning and we, we see how we can become wiser and stronger, right? Because of the trials and the tests. And then we ask, God or the universe you know to free us like get us the heck out of here now. I get it. I am not going to go there again. I'm <laughs> I got the lesson. I've learned. I'm going to let it go and I'm moving on. So that's deliver us, right? Now we're better equipped to to meet the next challenge or the next experience in life.
1: I, I agree and, and looking from it again from an awareness point of view a little bit of history that was there and and you know whether it's the devil whether it's old Nick whatever you want to call him he was said to be an angel in heaven who basically became so proud and so puffed up that God literally cast him out of his sight and since you know his 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 landing yeah literally it was a boom uh, literally since his landing here on earth he's called chaos and pain wherever he went and again the people of this time, you know, were very much aware of what was going on. And they prayed, you know, not to be led into temptation, because they knew what would happen. Bear in mind, you know, people in, in today, for example, in 2021, the amount of people that are maybe promiscuous, or do whatever they're going to do, it would have been taken out into the streets and had rocks thrown at them. These were really serious people about what they did. And here's the crazy thing, four out of the five major religions in the world, all say that they had some sort of you know, call it evil character or, you know, less than right. good, if, if, if there's good, there has to be evil, you know, so again, it's it's the balance, it's the law of transaction. Um, but it, it's also, you know, that there had to be an evil character in there that all tells a similar story. Jim Rowan said it best. He says, no one is above temptation. And my personal thing is anyone who thinks they're not, Really should be aware, because again, these are the things that sneak in. It's the awareness of what's around you. It's awareness of what's going on within you. It's awareness of how you're thinking, awareness of what you're saying, what you're watching, what you're listening to. Mm -hmm. The prayer essentially, you know, was that they would not entertain the devil in that day. They wouldn't entertain temptation in the day. Um, You know, they they tell a great story about the Buddha, you know, that the Buddha was led off the the path of enlightenment by the devil um, on on his road to spiritual enlightenment. But the consequences of of bad behavior, like I say, was severe at this time. It didn't take people much bad behavior to be put up on a cross or whipped or beaten or done whatever. And it's again that awareness of what you're doing. And Mm -hmm. if you can stop a problem before it arrives... Then, or arises, it's so much better. Prevention is better than the cure. And it's so much better than obviously having to go through it, having to deal with it. So yeah. those are, those yeah. are some
0: thoughts. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. But if you do have to deal with it... <laughs> <laughs> deal with a head on. Please get me out of here. (laughs) I recognize I screwed up. A hand, please throw me a lifeline. Well, the crazier thing
1: is though, you know, and I know this in my own life when I have known directly, it's happened one time specifically that I knew very much. I was not to go down a path, but out of fear, immaturity, and probably insecurities I went down that path and probably Ill, Ill health as well I went down that path and boy the the, uh, the ramifications and the consequences of going down that path when I knew that I was mm-hmm. not meant to were mm-hmm. big and sometimes the bigger you know things and yeah. decisions that you make sometimes the bigger you know things yeah. we're going to go through um, no for
0: sure. yeah that's right and that's such a good thing to point out I mean we've we've all, if you've been alive for more than you know a couple of years, <laughs> you've gone down a path that you knew deep down yeah. inside, and not even deep down, your conscience, your heart, your <laughs> intuition, whatever you want to call it, told you mm, probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, and yet we do, and so the um, and it
1: catches up with you. That's the thing. Right, Again, we right. reap what we sow more than what we sow later than what we sow, and it will catch up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then we, yeah, we experience, um, the probably highly unpleasant results of that. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we, we learn, we forgive and we move on. Okay. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So this, this line kind of (laughs) sums up the power, right? Of, of the prayer. It's, um, it's the source of our strength, Mm -hmm. the, the eternal, divine energy that many of us often call God. So it's accessible to us all. It's available to us all uh, if we choose to tap into it and practice it in our daily lives. Um, What do you think about this past line?
1: It's it's a really interesting um, final uh, affirmation, final Mm -hmm. um, awareness, final, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's Mm -hmm. interesting because it's not part of the original text. It's actually yeah. what's called a doxology, which was added by the original church. A doxology is basically a liturgical formula of praise to God, you know, because I always looked at it and I was talking about this with my wife the other day. And I was like, it doesn't seem to fit how Jesus was talking. And why would he say it in the way that it's written? But then when you look at it and it's like, oh, it's a doxology. And these these folks spring up all the way through scripture. And it was a, a really... it it was a big turning point certainly over here between Catholics and Protestants and the faith and the religion of which they were going to observe but Mm -hmm. for me personally I love it but again for years when I left the Catholic church and then went into the Baptist non-denomination all all the other stuff and they've got different versions of this prayer and you're like okay why are they not saying that why are they and again my my curious mind was looking into it Mm -hmm. because certain faiths and certain beliefs like you will not find this part of scripture in the NRSV, the, the New Standard American Bible, the Jerusalem Bible, but you'll find it in a lot of the others. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to close the prayer because mm-hmm. the, the, there was a, um, a commentary that was written about this, that if, if you end on, but deliver us from evil, it's like there's no end to it. It just suddenly stops you know, it, it's, it's almost like a car crash as it was, as, as it was <laughs> delivered. Um, that's how literally they, they did the, the observation. It was like a car crash, bang, it just stops. But it, it, it's, it's the final part where it's like, you know, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forever. That awareness that God is eternal and we are eternal, we're spirit. And if we're spiritual mm-hmm. beings having a human experience, then we are eternal as well. And it, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic thing, I think to, to end with, whether or not it's a doxology or not, Mm -hmm. It's a really powerful part of scripture um, to remember that this is God's, this is ours, the power and everything are are ours as well. If God's Mm -hmm. spirit is within us, then this belongs to us as well. And God is welcoming us into this entire family, into this creation. What would you want to call it uh, now and forever? It doesn't stop.
0: Right. Into eternity. Yeah. And it's almost like it's a final acknowledgement of the, of the sayer or thinker yeah. of of the prayer slash affirmation, yeah. that is just acknowledging where, what our source is, and where our where the true um, beginning and ending, eternity, where everything is coming from, yeah, the greatness of it all, and the strength and the power, the omnipresence of it, the omnipotence of it. It just is. It just is uh, summed up in that last statement except there is one more word. <laughs> then we have amen. Do you say amen or amen?
1: It, it depends. If, if I'm in the States, it's usually amen. If I'm in the UK, it can be amen or amen or okay. there's Potato, a lot of different things. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm usually in amen, amen. That's what I usually do. Or I just say, and so it is, which is really, yeah. um, you know, f- kind of pretty much what what the word means. So- um,
1: In agreement. There you go. You
0: know, the, there you the, go. The, the, the,
1: in, in the more um, uh, evangelical churches, they'd say in Jesus' name, so it is done. So we're all in agreement, amen. You know, because mm-hmm. when we're taught to right. pray, we're taught to pray in Jesus' name all. That.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so from, this, from the affirmation- uh, standpoint, uh, as far as this being like a success formula for yep. your life, um, saying, you know, so be it and let the good manifest yep. now. Yep. It signifies completion, which is which what th- an affirmation really is. It's Which like- I think uh,
1: is, is probably why it was added in after uh, delivers from evil. Because mm-hmm. like I say, if, if you're looking at it from an affirmation point of view, you, you've got that final reminder, you know, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Done. Bang. Wow. I went to the universe. Off we go.
0: I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, this was super fun. Um, I, enjoyed it. I, I love talking about this stuff with somebody that, you know, can just dig into it and, um, and just you know offer their perspective and what I really love though is some of these things that are that are ancient to us but they are still completely perfectly yeah. applicable to our lives in this day and age right now if you look at it with a deeper understanding so very
1: very very much so
0: yeah yes. it, yeah it, ha- it hasn't aged out of the system <laughs> Uh, Well, this was great, John. I am so delighted that you spent this time doing this with me today. I had a feeling that this was going to be a super cool, awesome, and enlightening conversation. Um, Do you have anything, any final thoughts you'd like to add before we close it out?
1: It's been a pleasure. It really has. And I've loved doing it. It's something that I haven't tapped into in a while, but it's something if people look beyond what religion necessarily teaches and what the church teaches and want to develop that relationship with themselves, with God, the universe, with source, whatever you want to call it, whatever your name is for it, you'd Mm -hmm. realize that it is actually a really exciting journey that's going on when you tap into some of the other books and some of the other things that are there. You know, if you're looking for wisdom, there's books on wisdom. Mm-hmm. And this is the catalyst for so many things that we see now that are still going on to this day. You know, it, it doesn't change, you know, again, the, the the book of Psalms, for example, and I go back th- from time and time again, and there's always something in there, again, as a reminder, as these things that happen over and over again. And the more something is written about, the more you want to pay attention to it more than anything else. So,
0: right, right. My, my okay. Thoughts. Perfect. Perfect. I have two quick things before we sign off. Um, Number one, do you have a, a quick, I know you probably have several, but pick your favorite and share your going rogue story with me.
1: I think, you know, I would say for for my entire life, it would probably be going rogue because, you know, I grew up in a very traditional family where you got a job nine to five. I then became a bodybuilder. I got involved with, you know, my own business and things. I moved up to Scotland. I was a youth worker in a traditional church, but I didn't do things the way I, and I tried, I tried to fit the mold, but I never felt. Comfortable. It was like a square peg in a round hole. I never felt I was able to do it. It caused a lot of problems, you know, for working with a lot of people. But again, I was so, you know, whether or not it's my personality or whatever it might be, I was just the way that I was, but I was seeing results in the kids that I was working with, in the things that I was doing. And I kept on doing that. And I think before long people eventually got the point, well, he's seeing results and he seems to be working. So just kind of leave him on with that. And then when I went self-employed, you know, you call that going rogue because we changed how things were gonna go and how things, you know, Mm -hmm. should look. And all of a sudden you're, you're no longer just doing these things for a hobby. You're doing these things for a profession and you're reaching people around the world and you're doing amazing, amazing things. That you'd never be able to do if you weren't going rogue. But it's it's a very very unique mindset to do that, and it's it's not for everybody, and it's not necessarily something you choose. It's more something you you almost led into.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But you still have the choice to step into it or not. Of course. Of sometimes, course. Sometimes, sometimes that stepping into it is breaking the mold like it was in your case going yeah. going rogue you know against what would be like standard operating procedure or what was expected of you and uh, and then it turned out to be the best decision of your life
1: as as jim carrey said it best you you know if you're going to really be who you are and you really feel that you're someone that's that's different you know you don't go with the stream you don't go with the flow you know you've almost got to be willing to do whatever it takes to be that person to step into that character or you know essentially you go to your deathbed but accept that I am going to be this person that goes along with everybody and you clutch onto it and everything there. For me, I knew that I was different and I don't think there was anything that I could have done, to be honest, that would have fit because nothing I tried in other employment, in other organizations, it just didn't work because it just wasn't me. How they ran things, how they did things, I couldn't fit into this mold. And then Mm -hmm. when I started to go out on my own, go rogue, as it were, develop these things for myself, all of a sudden I was like, this is exactly where I'm meant to be and exactly what I'm meant to do. And I've known this pretty much since sitting in an attic uh, attic, um, or a loft, as you call them in the States, painting a painting I call country roads. I've known that since I was 16, 17 years old.
0: Wow. And here you are. It's, it's yeah. all panned out beautifully <laughs> and it to evolve for you. That's awesome. Good going rogue story, breaking the mold. That's, that's perfect. All right. Before I let you go, tell everyone where they can find out more about you and your services.
1: Okay, big breath in, folks. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with me directly, you can get in touch with us at thebattlesweallface.com, and this is for coaching. This is for you know working with teenagers. If you're looking for guidance, if you're looking to check out my brand new book, which I've got sitting behind me, thebattlesweallface.com is the place to be. And if you're looking to check out my artwork as well, you can head to johnmorrisartfromtheheart.com. Those are the two main places to get me. But if you type in John Morris Art from the Heart somewhere or John Morris Mind Body and Soul on social media, you or on google you'll definitely definitely find me so there is no shortage of content for for whatever you're really looking for i like to do things so you'll be pleasantly surprised i'm sure
0: yeah yeah john has a lot to offer and don't worry if you didn't get to scribble all that down we will put your links in the show notes so it will be easy for people to find you all right thank you everybody thank you john and thank you everybody for hanging out with us today Uh, our hope is that Um, through our conversation that you have found a deeper meaning and gain a broader perspective of what this prayer slash affirmation um, means and how you can apply it to your life right now. So thank you all. We love you. We would love for you to give us a rating. If you found value in this, give us a five-star rating. Share it with anyone that you think would love to hear all of the great shift being shared here. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss the next one. And until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy. Stay open. You never know what's out there for you until you just open up and ask for maybe a little help and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. You too, Gary Vee.